I'm Phil Mutz, VP of News and Entertainment at PureWow. And I'm Dara Katz, Executive Editor at PureWow. We are the hosts of And Just Like That, a Sex and the City reboot podcast. Where we react, converse, spill the tea, and get carried, sorry, away on the new Sex and the City season. Now is a good time to tell you that there will obviously be spoilers. So join us as we revisit and relive Sex and the City. Hello, Phil. Well, hello, Dara. How was your episode nining? Oh, just wonderful. How was yours? It was good. You know, I went into it this time with the yearning to really be positive about it. I love that. And that's funny because I actually had that same feeling going into this. I felt I had very negative feelings towards the last episode, again, despite the penis appearances. Uh, I didn't feel great about how I felt last time. So I was like, I'm going to go in with a positive mindset. I'm going to take control of my own narrative of watching this narrative. So that's right. um, Here's the quick 30 second recap of episode nine. Charlotte and Lily start in a farce about tampons and burnt challah bread. It's strike two for Carrie and her teacher slash love interest, Peter. And Miranda doesn't remember how to date like a normal person. Also, we never hear about Cleveland again. Seema flirts with a club owner and Steve does the most awkward thing imaginable. He asks Carrie about Che. And just like that, the finale is next week. I can't believe the finale is next week. That is so fast. I feel like... A, we've been doing this forever, but B, it also just started, and I and it's almost over. It it's, truly it's is, nuts. and just like that, the finale. And just like is that, next week. That, that's it. All of this hype, and it's about to be done. So before we get started, I kind of I wanted to do a little fun thing. I kind of wanted to play a quick game of Are you a Carrie Miranda Charlotte? Uh, except with all the new characters, now that we've gotten to know them. So forget Samantha, she's gone. If you were a Samantha, you've got to pick a new one. If you were a Carrie, maybe you reevaluate your choice. But are you <laughs> a Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, Jay, Seema, LTW, or Naya? It's a long list and it doesn't seem as um, flow off the tongue. But okay. would you pick one of the new characters or would you stick with one of the OGs? I would say based on some of the comments we've received on this podcast um reminder please rate and review <laughs> um i think i'm a che maybe a lot of people hate what? me no i i don't i i don't see myself as a che i'm just saying you know when i feel i was saying that maybe i was fishing maybe i was fishing for you to <laughs> you're say not you're not che. the che i know i know what you are but you tell, you tell me who you are you know che did it improv class which like <laughs> ugh, i'm that person at work that like did improv so although Shay does say say that they are bad at improv whereas I know you are very good at improv thank you but you know that Shay took all the levels and was annoying because they were doing their (laughs) stand-up when they should have been yes and ding right (laughs) defeats the purpose of improv anyway for real I don't know I want to say LTW because she's really fabulous and just gets stuff done Mm -hmm. but I don't think I'm that good at executing I want to say Naya because she's also great and smart, but I don't think I could do homework these days. Um, I think I'm Miranda once again. That's fair. I think that's fine. I was going to say you're a little bit of Naya, and I think that you both have that like super articulate, like uh, my life together. Sorry, my Uh, vacuum just fell as you were saying that. (laughs) 
<laughs> your life is so together that your vacuum is falling. Yeah, your apartment uh, yeah. is falling apart. <laughs> oh, I'm a carry though because I wore my uh, painting overalls for you today. You did. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you look great. I think it's fashion I wear overalls and all the time. I, I <laughs> okay. have to wear overalls all the time. I hate feeling a pant thing around my body. Anyways, that's a me problem. Phil, who are you? So I obviously used to always say Carrie. I wanted to be a Carrie who often acted like a Miranda. Fine. But I think after this latest episode, our opinions about the actress aside, I think I might be a Seema. And I think the moment that I realized it was when Seema was like, I'm going to go over there and smoke. I will not be painting. Have a great time. And I went, Oh, nothing, uh, nothing would make me want to paint. I'd love to help out with charity. And there are many ways that I don't, but there feel are like I can imagine I myself, myself helping. But none of them are painting. I just, I was like, I would be the one sitting over there being like, I- I'll make a phone call. I will do, I will fundraise. I will do whatever you need. But, but, mm-mm. And Simo looked fabulous in this episode, and she always looks fabulous. I thought her outfits were amazing. I loved that blue sparkly number in her first scene. And her interactions with that new gentleman, the club owner who drives up, who were just I thought, so... Phil, I thought was mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> I almost shat myself. I was like, is this a Matthew? Oh. But I forgot that Matthew McConaughey had already been in Sex and the City when Carrie Wait. goes to Los Angeles. Oh, I didn't remember that at all. But yes. that would have been quite the coup if, if out of the are. car steps uh, Matthew McConaughey. But I loved her, her banter with him, and I thought that's me. Like if that's when I first meet someone and I'm just initially dating, that's how I know if I connect with someone is if we have this like this banter, this back and forth. There's a little this is like playful they teasing. Have to banter. That's totally, and I, I loved that. So anyway, I as of today, I think I might be a SEMA, but who knows? Uh, we have a whole finale where maybe our, our minds will be blown and we'll all change our mind about who we are. But thank you for participating. It's a harder question than I thought it was going to be. Multiple choice, lots of answers, very tough. So many so many choices, that's part of the problem. Um, so, okay, so we're diving right back into this episode. Yes. We're here, second to last episode, episode nine. Enjoyed it. I... Now that we're saying it's like the penultimate episode, I'm like, it didn't have the zhuzh of that, but it did feel it was entertaining. And I liked how they attacked a lot of the things. Yeah, I I thought this was a much better episode, even the, even with me going in trying to like it more than I liked last week. Mm-hmm. I actually did like it more than I liked last week. I, I laughed out loud at many moments and I thought that was really fun. Uh, there were a couple of like amazing lines where I, and we can talk about them in in context of the episode, but uh, the Holocaust is a hoax, right? And Anthony's screaming, get out. I like just, I it everything just happened so fast. I just like burst out in laughter. Then when Charlotte is in a bathtub and says, is describing to her daughter how to get a tampon in and says, picture butter melting. And then two seconds later is screaming, stick it in, just jam it up there. I again lost it. And then, and in a probably, I don't know if it was, I guess it was intentional humorous moment, but when Miranda is fleeing from Jay down the stairs and screams, who am I? Meg Ryan? Fuck. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I, was like, this I is wrote so that good. down too. This, this is this dialogue was so much funnier. It was so fun. I really loved they and all three of those moments were just unexpected to me and and I thought genuinely funny, not like where we talked about 
many episodes ago where it's Charlotte rolling off the bed trying to like find humor there. Yes, I, I agree. And I think Charlotte is low-key the comic relief of the show now. Whereas Samantha used to be, I think Charlotte is very, very funny and delivering very funny lines. I like seeing her have agency. I like seeing her know what to do versus like being all verklempt about it. But on that note, I also I do want to talk about like the Jewishness of the whole episode. And please, that was a huge storyline in Sex and the City and one that I loved. I'm Jewish and it's a very New York storyline because the Jewish population is pretty large here and you feel it here. And Charlotte went through so much to convert to Judaism because apparently they don't just let you in, you know, and I loved that storyline. And it showed how much she would sacrifice for Harry, um, especially because, you know, she's such a wasp. So I had been thinking that I really missed that type of presence in and just like that, because at this point, we're 15 or so years later. I want to see like how Charlotte is engaging in the Jewish community that she took so long to and worked so hard to get involved with. And it has just been completely absent. Like we don't see any Jewish women on the show overtly and within the friend group beside Charlotte, who is a convert to Judaism. And I just felt like that's a big miss for this show. So I was happy to see that Rock is studying for a B'nai Mitzvah. But I would really like to see Charlotte like knee deep planning that party, you know? Yeah, and, and maybe we're going to get that, that in the community. finale. I hope But she that, said that's Rock possible. is just going to have like a one night, th- like a little thing. Like it didn't seem like yeah. that. So I don't know. And I thought, I don't know. I feel I laughed at the Holocaust as a hoax thing. Like Anthony was brilliant. Like the whole line delivery was great. But I also just felt strange about it. Like I don't really know how to wrap my head around it actually. Because that's, um, I just feel like there is so much more anti-Semitism. And of of course, the writers can't know that's happening in the world as they're writing it, you know, but it just feels like it's a, like, we can, we can joke about that. But everything else is like completely educational, you know? Yeah. And I think there was an opportunity perhaps to like, not explain the joke, but to, to your point, go a little further with what this family's actual like experiences currently with their faith and and as a result kind of counterbalance what was a very jarring uh unexpected joke uh and maybe something that shouldn't have been joked about at all um but i I also agree that i think anthony's response was that's absolutely what made me laugh out loud yeah it was and it was just such a funny uh but i i understand your point but i wonder if it it, could have been something it feels flippant about something that's not a funny issue at all maybe Pre-2016, I could have found that funnier. But Mm -hmm. now I know that a lot of people really believe that. Like someone could come and bring a date to your dinner party and that can happen. So it was a little like, ooh, it just took me out of it a little. That's a me thing. But I think that's great that you're you're having an experience that a lot of people I'm sure are having watching this show. And I think that it is a large not just New York community, but a large community that saw themselves represented in the original series. In, in, a, in a great way because we got to see the process of somebody converting to Judaism. So we got to see what goes into that. What is, what is the faith all about? So there was a lot of 
not just a character being Jewish, but getting there and choosing this faith and why they choose this. And and it is absent in this show, which is interesting that they have chosen to finally introduce it in episode nine in a very brief way with some burnt challah bread. Um, Which I want to say something about that. We all knew Harry was going to burn the challah, right? Yes, we did. So I just learned this word and it's called, we wrote about it on Pirouette. It's called weaponized incompetence. (laughs) And it's when... (laughs) It's usually prevalent in heterosexual couples, usually the husband who, you know, goes to work all day, super competent, making that money, can do lots of complicated things, can build a bridge, then come home and can't figure out where the spoons go, even though it's like basic pattern finding, you know? So I was a little triggered by Harry just being like, obviously... A beeper went off. What could that be? Could it be what Charlotte asked you to do? Specifically take the holla out when the beeper went off? I don't know, Harry. Get your shit together. Yeah, and that's interesting. I I I want to read more about that specific term, but I think you did a very nice job explaining it. I just <laughs> I, I I do think it's funny that not funny haha, but funny that we both noticed that when she said, Oh, and Harry, in ten minutes, take out the holla bread, we both didn't even blink and, and thought, Oh yeah, of course they'll be eating burnt holla bread. That's just there's no right. way Harry will remember this thing. Because Charlotte's doing the emotional work of this family. She is literally teaching Lily. Don't get me started on this storyline. <laughs> Okay, so you did not enjoy the storyline. I enjoyed the humor of the storyline. Yes, I enjoyed the humor. I enjoyed seeing Charlotte, like, in control. Like, I like seeing Charlotte know what to do. And I I loved her in this episode. I don't need Lily. Um, Lily's a brat. Um, <laughs> I don't like her. I don't know. I just, I think her kids are brats. Um, anyways, so I thought it was interesting when the women all shared their experiences of who taught them how to use a tampon. Because that kind of, like, gave some backstory to Miranda, Naya, Carrie. But I don't need a full 30 minutes dedicated to Lily freaking out about, you know. That's fair. And then we also in this episode get, you know, Charlotte saying that she has only newly entered menopause um, and making a point to say that it is way after her friends uh, entered this phase of their mm-hmm. lives. And uh, and then we get this obviously a very fun nickname for her when they call her Smug Charlotte. Loved that. And I was like, I was like, yes, Smug Charlotte. This this sums everything up about yes. Charlotte. That's that she is Smug Charlotte, and I loved that. And she she re- has reared her head all season, but I really liked in this that she didn't shy away from it. She just leaned in. and She was like, well, and I'm also so blessed because I don't have any of the terrible menopause symptoms that you all you know <laughs> had to endure. And I, I thought it was just really on character and on brand for her. I really liked that. Yeah. And I like that it gave us some backstory that the women went through menopause, which I don't think always happens like right when you turn 50. It can happen, you know, earlier or later. So I like knowing our women were, I think the term is perimenopausal. I don't know if that's the right term, but I'm I don't know feel if that's cool the right that term, I used it. I feel like I've seen that in a well. pharmaceutical ad or something. But yeah, Smug Charlotte was Great. So Smug Charlotte, where we're also... Oh, oh, one thing. There was a well-placed oi and a well-delivered oi by Charlotte. When her kids <laughs> were yelling was. and she was like, yes. oi. I was like, oh, heart swell. Loved that. That's what I want more of. All right. So we need more oi in the finale. And uh, we also need more Carrie and Peter, which we're going to get. So obviously, last episode I did not like... 
that we acted like Carrie's storyline was just she was just going to be on a treadmill for an entire episode where nothing nothing happened. We didn't go anywhere. Oh, I finally literally a treadmill. But okay, because of the peloton of it all. Did you hear another guy in another show died on a peloton or had a heart attack attack on a peloton? Spoiler alert. Backtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Rewind. Spoiler alert. Well, you didn't say what the show was, so I don't know. I don't, you didn't spoil anything yet. You know I only read the headline, of course, but it was the show okay. Billions. I don't know anything else about oh. it. Poor Peloton. It's probably like no, Succession, fine, but like Uptown or something. I don't know. Um, Pelotons are so expensive that if like seven people get Pelotons this year, they're going to be fine. Um, so so anyway, <laughs> last week she was just kind of spinning her wheels, is what I meant by treadmill, which I guess spinning your wheels is a bike. Anyway, she was spinning her wheels. We didn't get any forward momentum in terms of that love interest storyline, even though that's where we were going the previous episode. So we finally circle back. And we get a second date between Peter and Carrie where she shows up after the rings thing at home, her little private moment with the rings, and she in person cancels their date. I thought that was way more interesting than a text message. I thought that was a more adult thing. I really enjoyed their their shared conversation where he had the moment where he got to talk about the, his wife's voicemail that he listens to. And Sarah Jessica Parker had a, a beautiful reaction. It was just so like heartfelt and she just you could see that she felt his pain Mm -hmm. it was really a beautiful shared experience and fun slash frustrating in a good way from an audience perspective where I just I want them both to be able to make steps forward but think that the reason that they might be able to make steps forward in the future is that they have this shared inability to make steps forward which I really enjoy yeah it's like they have each like especially because Peter which is much more um he seems much more willing to go forward with this date, but it also seems like he's, you know, in typical how men are allowed to emote IRL. He probably is feeling similarly to Carrie the way he's responding to her. Maybe it's a relief to him, too, to to really process this together. Um, it did make me feel like Carrie does need to go to like some sort of grief circle or Something to really help her cope more and talk about it with other people of, you know, who are bereaved. But um, she kind of has that with Peter, who looks like Berger is wearing a beard and glasses. <laughs> really? I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll have to look at. Let's uh, talk about Peter. Pictures of Berger now. Okay. Let's talk about Peter. And Berger is in Search Party, actually, which is. An amazing show if anyone hasn't watched that. But um, Oh, I have yet to watch that. Yeah. So good. So Anyone die in a Peloton in that one? You know, it, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. <laughs> what do you think about Peter? So uh, Not much I'm, to say. No, I, I'm pretty indifferent. I feel like we're not getting so much information about him. Uh, I, I think he's there as a plot device, really, so that Carrie is able to, you know, make steps forward, take steps backwards, and we can see how what she was so good at or not so good at in the original series, which was dating, you know, and and how we watched her trials and tribulations then, how we can see how much harder it has become for her post-marriage, post-becoming a widow, you know, all of these things. I think he's less fleshed out. I don't, so I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say that I like him, but I don't, I just, I'm indifferent. I like that we're dating and I like that there is a, a new character that isn't a forced friend that we can kind of grow with our love, the characters we love with them all together. 
So I like that. I don't know. What do you what do you think about Peter? I think he's kind of milk toast. I don't find him interesting. I don't find him particularly, you know, he doesn't have that je ne sais quoi that I would want for Carrie. You know, Big kind of had that and all of her guys kind of did. But yeah, I think that might be the point that he's like a normal guy. Yeah. And I think it's it's also that it's not somebody that's going to force her to do something that she's not ready to do. Where I think like it's a it's a hard balance if you're going to create this new character who's going to date her where she's not quite ready to date is it has to be this kind of, you know, milk toast kind of, you know, person who doesn't challenge her too much, mm-hmm. doesn't force her to do anything, doesn't force her uh, outside of her comfort zone, just basically letting Carrie go through what she's going through. And it's yeah. kind of smart, obviously, to have him be going through a similar situation. This way they can also talk about it and he can relate as opposed to if you just picked any other random like business dude, like this was going to be like they're going to either lose interest or not be able to relate and she's going to be talking at them instead of with them. There would have been so many. It's going to be hard in any other situation. So I kind of think we needed this Peter character. And I can see, I know we want to talk about this later, but I can see in the future, if there is a season two of Carrie and Peter forming some sort of relationship that becomes what each other needs and then drifting away when they're more healed. Yeah. So can we talk about the ring thing for a second? Because I... I, we, one of the things you said last episode, and I was like, hallelujah, is we went a whole episode without talking about her dead husband. And then obviously we circle back and the storyline is back on Carrie. Uh, the the Peloton treadmill is gone. And we are we are now talking about Big again. And, and she puts on that, you know, the bigger ring and she's got both rings on. I don't know how that worked. Yeah, she kept saying, she said a it multiple times. and then Big's ring, like, I don't well, know She how. kept saying it, she said it multiple times about the stupid Band-Aid where she's like, well, I'll just, I, I tied it together with a Band-Aid or I, I'm keeping it on with a Band-Aid. I thought that was a metaphor. Oh, I thought she <laughs> literally used a Band-Aid no. to, I think she literally used I, a Band-Aid to hold them yeah, together. Yeah, that has to be. I literally was just like, okay. But I, so <laughs> I don't, I, again, like, I, this to me like was not the fun part of the episode. Obviously, it's about grief, but I, it also just I I don't know if I needed it as a viewer. The like losing of the ring into the sink and then finding it and then getting it back. I, I these these seems like plot points that I don't know that Carrie needs on this journey. Like I just I don't know how this advances her grief. To your point, like maybe she should have like maybe going to grief counseling, maybe being in a a, a group uh, grief um, setting where. Multiple people who have gone through this are talking about it. You know, the relationship with Peter, these are opportunities that can forward her momentum. Whereas this ring thing just felt like looking at his records, looking at the boxes. Like we've gone, like going back to the old apartment, seeing the Peloton in the old apartment. We're just doing those. It's just another one of those things that didn't add anything new, I thought. I think Carrie's personality trait, like the worst grading personality trait that Carrie is bringing to the literal tables of all the wonderful restaurants they went to this episode. Lafayette. I think they went to Upland. Been to a couple of those. It really made me miss Manhattan. But well, Che was at Empire Diner. Yes. But yes. That's like mm-hmm. right near where we used to work. Yeah, I know. I where was you like, are. Oh. I know. Um, I think her most grading personality trait this whole season has just been like picking one tiny thing and being like, I don't know what to do about this. And it's like, okay, like, get over it. Like, no one cares if you're wearing your ring still. Like, I don't know. It's it. I think it could be more of like a, again, show, don't tell. Show us her taking off her ring and having like 
a moment about I, it. And but I think I, that's what I was excited for was her taking off the ring. And then we, she, put, she put on the ring, which is an unexpected choice. I just was like, oh, so we're not moving forward at all this episode. But okay, I get it. Like, I get it keeps for, you from moving forward. Yes. But. I do think that, like, the whole metaphor of the ring thing for me worked clunkily, even in that it showed, like, kind of the danger of wearing the rings at, in addition to taking them off. So if you take them off, like... They're safe, but you're not wearing them and you feel like you're failing whoever you've lost. But if you wear them, you can still lose them. And that's what happened with Harry. It fell down the sink. So it's like suddenly it, it kind of doesn't matter. Like you can lose it no matter what. And it did, it did help us. I, I do think at least we get to the end of the episode where all of this happens. She almost loses the ring and then feels like, okay, I I don't want to lose that, but I also am capable of texting Peter again, asking for a third date. And there's the metaphor of like, we get into the club and she's ready to dance. She wasn't ready to dance earlier in the episode. Now she's ready to dance. So with Peter or a new man or just the future or whatever's next. So the ring gets us there clunkily. Yeah. Um, I just don't think we needed it. But anyway, we got it. And it gave us that awkward, awkward, awkward scene with Steve which I don't know if that was only there as a plot device so that Steve talking about, because I feel like we need to talk about Steve in this awful, oh. when he's like, can we? Can you tell me about Che? And I was like, is this really just so you can say you don't want to take off your ring so Carrie can feel better about taking off her ring because she sees how unhappy you are by not being able to take yours off? Like, I, I feel like that whole scene was really just to get to a place for Carrie. Yeah. I I like zoned out. It was like, I'm like, do you guys know each other? Because my take is like, I really think Carrie owes some loyalty to Steve in this moment. Like she did introduce Miranda to Che and St like Steve is her best friend's husband of many, 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 many years. And here she is being like, yeah, I don't really my shoe like I mean love a good shoe like Carrie wearing a shoe to paint the house like that but like yeah. I just felt like there could have been a little more depth to that conversation and I also don't buy that Steve was like I'm never taking this ring off like he's also Meg Ryan it's pretty like <laughs> everybody's realistic. Meg Ryan in this series and and I just I I thought it was odd that there wasn't more like instead of Steve coming in hot there's no coming in hot like he he goes to paint a, a shelter with his estranged wife who is also there with their kid. And he's like, I'll team up with Carrie. And I was like, wait, we're all acting like this isn't weird at all. You're not even visibly upset. You finally, you bring it up. And what you want to know is like, you know, what, what's, what's the deal with Che? Where, when, when did this happen? It just seems like Steve is in a different relationship. I, on a, in a different movie. I don't know like what, his deal was, but where's the passion? Why are you acting like it's normal? And then only the only thing you want to know about is this other person. It, it doesn't matter who that other person is. Like, like where's the craziness? Where's the where's the stalking of that other person? Where's the whatever it is that yes. you know elevates the emotion? But we're not doing Steve any favors with this Phil, story. You just wrote a scene and it was great and funny, and I saw it in my head where Steve's like lurking <laughs> behind and Miranda's like Steve, and she has the cookies and they're in Che's apartment. Like that would have uh, been funny. Yeah. And Steve's like, I just want to know what was happening. Like you know, I just <laughs> we need it. Like Steve, I don't know. Ugh. 
I, they, the writers have just done Steve so wrong, and I, I, I'm sure they would disagree. And I know it's, it's a hard character because it's also not somebody we really even want to focus on. We wanted to keep it about the women because this is what the series is about. But we've been with Steve for a very long time, and it just, it just seems like he, he's like, all right, I'll paint. Carrie, you're my buddy. You're my paint buddy. Let's do Crawling this. Crawling in the pee trap. It's oh, like, <laughs> he's just like a caricature. That's uh, fine. All right. I mean, well, I love him. I'm in love with him, but. Sure. Yeah, well, Steve, we're done with Steve. Steve is, Steve's done. Not done with the women's shelter. I mean, again, no. just like a huge plot point that is not quite addressed. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of the weirdness of this season is probably COVID regulations with filming. Like, why is the house so empty when they're all trying to paint it? Like, a lot of stuff just like feels a little weird, even though the restaurants are filled. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it also gives us the opportunity for what I thought was one of the most fabulous moments of the episode when, okay, first of all, I laughed when the limo pulled up because I was like, woof, what is happening? This you is You know so what I thought? What? I thought Samantha was coming out. Oh, my God, stop. You thought <laughs> Samantha sorry. was going <laughs> to... If Samantha stepped out... Okay, you thought Matthew McConaughey was getting out of a car. Mm -hmm. You thought Samantha was getting out of the limo. No. Eh, Look, wishful thinking. Okay, magical (laughs) thinking. But... Oh, my God. It was funny. I love that moment. That was a great moment. And then LTW steps out, and I want to talk about what she was wearing because I had to rewind and be like, wait, what? It's so fabulous. It's like this trench top (laughs) with shorts uh, like she's going on the most fabulous safari ever. She has boots up to the like the, these short shorts, like a beyond thigh high. And then she's in her, as accessories in like little pockets all over her top are gold like hairbrushes and things from a salon. And I went, I don't know who thought this is the outfit, but they were right. You just look like money and you look like success and you just have it. You're so fabulous and together. And I know that was like the point, obviously, to be such a contrast. She looked like high fashion Wes Anderson. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly. It was a very Wes Anderson look. And it was great. It just was so great. And I thought. She didn't have a lot to do in the episode, but I thought she stole that scene just by walking around and being like, sure, I'll get the food trucks. Sure, I'll take some pictures. Like, I got this. It just made sense. Like, it was just Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's where she would actually fit in in this situation. And I actually, I liked how they finally pulled all the women together and then they all have their own little things. It finally felt organic and not, like, so ham-fisted, you know? Yeah, and it felt more cohesive, too, whereas before it just felt like, this is Carrie's friend, this is Miranda's friend, and we're only going to see them in their storyline. Yeah. And I almost wish that something like this had happened a little earlier where there was some mixing and max- matching where everybody was together, so it just kind of felt more cohesive. But I, yeah, I agree. I really liked that we were all in one place, minus Che, which I was also fine with. So, Phil, I think you and I were both mouth agape when the episode began and we were not in Cleveland. Oh, God. I just, I was so confused and it took about three seconds and then I went, no, they're just fucking with me. They're they're not going to take us to Cleveland? Okay. All right. And they're not going to mention Cleveland for the entire episode. We ended in a rom-com. I'm in a rom-com, Carrie, and she's in a cab to the airport going to Cleveland and then nothing. We're in the Empire Diner and there's... No mention of Cleveland. We're just chilling and having lunch. It seemed like dinner, to be fair. Okay, but, fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was like, Che is trying to challenge Miranda 
to like not have these boundaries about different types of roles and relationships, which fine. But it also seems like it's just all on Che's terms. And it doesn't seem clear what Che really wants out of this. Like, I am just so confused about what Che's motivation is with Miranda. I don't understand it. Like, everything Miranda does, Che's like, you're not being cool. And I think that's it. Like, if you had to, like, have, like, a character binder where it's, like, what is their driving force? What is their motivation? (laughs) Che's binder is, like, if it's not cool, then I don't want to do it. And I think that's being applied to every – like, that chasing down the stairs of Miranda being, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, running away is not cool. Also, bringing me cookies is not cool. Also, like – Which is not – Calling no. me your girlfriend is not cool. We're just we're just having fun. We're just exploring our lives, you know, our lives together, you know. But an episode ago, you said I love you, so I really am confused what Che does want I from think Miranda. Che, this word is used a lot, but I think Che is gaslighting Miranda. Ooh, we we at Purewell do love the term gaslighting <laughs> because when it when it applies, we were like gaslighting, gaslighting. But yeah. <laughs> I think that whole think stairway right. conversation, I was like, Che, what side of the fence are you on? Right. You were mad that your writing time got interrupted, um, which maybe that's valid. Maybe you just need to set boundaries. But then you chased her and you're like, but now you're also acting weird by leaving. W- what do you want? They go, this is awkward. And of course, Miranda's like, oh, someone's there with you. And Che's like, yeah, someone's here with me. Me. <laughs> And I went to the store, Phil, and I bought as many ripe tomatoes as they would legally allow me to purchase. And I threw them at my TV screen because that was one of the worst things I've ever heard a person say. It just certainly didn't sound like somebody who loved the other person or was super excited to be in a relationship with them uh, That at all. Oh, my God. The way you put that, it's like they're madly in love with each other. But then Che's like, look, this is awkward. Like, Che could literally just be like, babe, um, wait at a coffee shop or something. Can you like this is so sweet of you. Um, I'm in the middle of like a really good thing. And this is my process. Totally. And Miranda or just like, like, cool, like, I want to hey, be down with whatever. Of course. Which I, I kind of, I, again, I, it brought us back to that, like, what am I, Meg Ryan? Fuck. That that line was so good as she ran so down the stairs. Good. So it made it all worth it for that because it really was such gold. Yeah. But I agree. All of all across the board, Che, che is a mess here. Doesn't Wait, know what, what they and, want. And Miranda saying, and I was craving me some Che. <laughs> Just to circle back, Peter, I know you saw this, Phil, because you always look at the text, but he texted Carrie like an emoji with the barfing symbol. That is what happened to my head when Miranda said that. I was craving me some Che. And again, obviously, that's not a reflection of Miranda or Che. It's the fact that someone would say that out loud and in an unironic way. Like, I think this will be <laughs> sexy if I say this to you. Right. It's that's very why I'm Rambo. Here. It's very Rambo. It's very Rambo, which also that's a really good point. And I know that's not what you were saying, but it does feel like Miranda doesn't know who she is right now. And I think it's because she's going back and forth between being a Miranda and being a Rambo. And she and she so she can't figure it out. She doesn't know how to act properly because aside from Che's awful reaction to Miranda showing up, Miranda doesn't know how to date. Miranda has forgotten. And obviously it's been a very long time. So Mm -hmm. maybe that makes sense. Same way it's been a long time for Carrie. But Miranda showed up without texting and then makes the point of I would never have done this if it were a man. That's a whole other argument that we 
don't necessarily have to get into, but she's hating on herself for making the Rambo choice, which is I'm going to be spontaneous and show up. And then like using the Miranda logic to apply why the Rambo decision was wrong. And then she like goes back to like when she's at the, at the food trucks and she's, she texts or she doesn't answer Che's call, but then gets upset that Che doesn't leave a voicemail. It's, it's, it's Miranda's playing games there though, by not answering the phone, but then is disappointed that the game didn't work out in her favor. It's like she has no idea how to date again, which, which tracks for being somebody who's been married for all this time. I like that theme of, breaking out of what you're programmed to do. Like, I thought that really worked well and made a lot of sense, especially with Miranda's story. Yeah, and I think it's going to be hard for Miranda moving forward because she's going to have a lot of this where it's just not going to work out the way she thinks it is because she's figuring it out again. I don't know how Miranda can have any expectations with this relationship because Che's pointing me in every direction. I don't know what Che actually wants with Miranda. I do want to get your thoughts on what you think we can expect from the final episode next week, because it's the last one. Maybe there'll be a season two. Maybe there won't be. And the fact that they haven't set it in stone, I don't think they have, means that it probably is going to happen, but but perhaps not. So the, the, the season is going to end as if there's not going to be more. So what is going to happen next week to wrap this all up or what will be left open-ended that we'll be wondering about until a potential second season? Carrie, I think... There's going to be some romantic kiss with Peter. Spoiler alert, everybody. We do know because it's been photographed. There's going to be a kiss. Now, again, they did film some things oh, that they I never aired. So, so maybe that was just like a, a misdirection. But I do think we're going to get some a kiss with Peter. And I think it's going to end on a note of optimism in the way that we had that episode about like the epilogue that she had to write for her book. We're going to get that moment of hope at mm-hmm. the end of the season for Carrie. And then for Miranda, I think... Where she's going to, I think things are going to end with Che. That's my personal guess. I think we're going to have her be in a place where she is not okay with going back to Steve and her old life, but her new life, she doesn't know where to go, move forward, but she just knows that she doesn't want what she had. And Che was a device to help her realize who she wants to potentially be or that she just doesn't want to be what she has been for the last 15, 20 years. Agree to agree. Boom. (laughs) What about Charlotte? I hope we see some sort of B'nai Mitzvah. Um, and, and I actually think Charlotte's arc has been pretty good. Like, I like seeing how much he changed in this episode with dealing with Rock and Lily and Harry. Like, I just thought there's fruition to it. I feel like she'll come to kind of a nice little bow, you know, at the end of the season. Of and growth. I think that makes sense because she's the one who came from the original series the most in the same place as when she left the original series, whereas Carrie was in a very different place with Big, and we also had Miranda being in a very different place too. So I think she's the one that perhaps is most likely to get that bow on the end of her storyline. And I, I I look forward to that. I think she deserves it. So Phil, shall we do some And Just Like That? I love this. Let's absolutely do that. All right. And Just Like That, Brady is kind of a dick. Phil, I was literally going to say, and just like that, is Brady worse than Che? I think so. Brady's the worst. Brady oh, We don't need Brady in season two. Bye. If I were Miranda, I would upend my life to get away from that child as well. <laughs> Steve, this isn't about you. This is about Brady, and I got to go. Sorry. Mm. Uh, and just like that, Charlotte has my favorite new nickname, Smug Charlotte. Also the name of a band I listened to in high school. No, it, that was like Good Charlotte or something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> were you into emo, Phil? Of course you were. There was definitely a period. Um, and just like that, we get Lisette in this high-rise bodysuit gifting Carrie a ring because what does the show clearly need? Another gorgeous white woman character? I don't know. Strange. Mm. And just like that, the show did us all a favor and didn't make us spend a week in Cleveland. And just like that, who is ordering hot fellas? I don't think anybody. And just like that, I think we finally found the perfect use for Anthony. One scene on the phone, one appearance at a dinner party. That's enough. And just like that, have you checked your tushy crack? It's usually there. Life lessons from Charlotte. That's all I got. You got more? I have one more. And just like that, sorry, we didn't talk about you, Naya and Andre. Your storyline got very real today. And um, it kind of came out of nowhere. They don't want to have kids now. I was confused. One of them does. One of them doesn't. Unclear. Oh, I have more, Phil. Go, more. And just like that, pretending like Greenpoint is at the end of the earth is ridiculous. This women's shelter would not be in Greenpoint. Like, I just, Greenpoint's like this really family-friendly, expensive, close to Manhattan part of town. And they acted like you have to take 700 subways to get there. I just don't know why they chose Greenpoint. (laughs) And the hottest club in Brooklyn would also not be in Greenpoint. Oh, it would not be in Greenpoint. I don't even know if it'd be in Bushwick anymore. I don't know. No one's inviting me to the hottest club anywhere, so I definitely don't know where it is. Yeah, I would be canceled trying to pay off the the bouncer as well. I would have taken one look at that line and been like, oh, let's just go. Let's get Mm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm not a SEMA. Anyway, this has been another fun, uh, fabulous episode, and I look forward to talking about the finale next week with you, Dara. Same, Phil. Boy. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and leave us all those reviews. You can follow us on Instagram at shows or at PureWow. You can follow me at KDara. And you can follow me at The Real Phil Mutz. And help us grow by sharing our podcast with your friends. We'll be back next week. And just like that, a Sex and the City reboot podcast is a PureWow and Gallery Media Group production.